Hello, and welcome to Tap 10. I'm your host, Dave Morales, and this podcast is an extension of the Bellingham Tap Trail, where we hang out and chat with people involved in the local brewing scene. I apologize for the slight delay in getting this out to you. Sometimes you just gotta carpe the diems, right? And do summer. And I did. Okay, back to business. Today we sit down with Ryan Flood, an already familiar face around the brewing scene, and now one of the owners of Menace Industries, which includes not only Menace Brewing, but also the local, the Annex, and the mysterious Bellingham Beer League. Today's Tap 10 conversation is sponsored by Puget Sound Energy's Green Power Program. Green power is renewable power made from resources that are naturally replenishing. Doing your part to reduce carbon is easy. In fact, solar panels provide the electricity used to produce this podcast. Learn how you can support green power made right here in the Northwest at pse.com slash green power, all one word. Ryan and I talked about how the swap at Menace took place, how the team around him makes everything possible while learning on the fly, and much more. This episode was recorded on location in a very small and very warm office just off the brewery at Menace. Random noises and the occasional interruption were the norm, so pardon all that and enjoy. So thanks for thanks for setting aside the time. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Thanks Congrats for on me. Uh, yeah, of course. Congrats on uh, your new ownership of Menace Industries. Thank you so much. Um, I think we were just talking about that off off record, but it was like early May, something like that. Early May, May middle May, mid May when, when it was when it was legit. And yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. Actually, all went down. That's right. So I, I read that, that you guys were originally looking for your own space, uh, but then you were talking to Ben and Tom and everything just kind of fell into your lap. I know that, uh, that it took me by surprise when I first heard of it. <laughs> um, how just, just talk a bit about how that all came about and Absolutely. how it ended up being kind of a win-win situation for, for everyone. Definitely. So in October of uh, last year, 2018, that would be, it was when Young Flood and I left Illuminati. Um, and we set out on our own to uh, try to find a spot to start our own brewery. Um, we had a nice management team around us and all that stuff to help support us and get everything done that needed to be done. But after about six months of looking at locations and having almost every single one fall through. It's tough. Yeah, we, we, were, we were a little bit low on funding for ourselves and we wandered in here, my brother and I, mm-hmm. to ask Ben if we could brew some beer for him and, you know, get some money in our pocket to keep continuing at this, uh, at this adventure we were on. And so you just wanted to work as just itinerant brewers, that's, essentially. Yeah, that's yeah. all we, we just wanted to come in, like make just a little bit of spot of money so we could pay rent and stuff like that and mm-hmm. keep going after what we were going after. But, uh, after we sat and talked with Ben and Tom about our aspirations and, you know, they learned of, uh, the team we had around us supporting us and everything like that, they, uh, you know, came and offered us this opportunity. Um, they had been looking for a, an exit strategy, not necessarily, um, not actively, not actively searching. They at were all. open. They were open, yeah. and uh, they they uh, thought it would have been reckless to ignore this opportunity. And after talking about it extensively, we finally decided it was the right thing to do, and went ahead with it as fast as we could. Mm-hmm. Nice. 
Um, so your brother, BJ, is the production manager. Is that right? He uh, started out as production manager, but uh, this is all new to us. We've had a lot of transitions, and lately he's been much more acting as a head brewer, hands-on in the brewery, taking care of all the beer work. Uh, I've transitioned more into a director of production where I'm doing a lot more scheduling. So you're the production manager. Yes. Yeah, we we, we kind of switched a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, it, those things happen. And whatever works best. Yeah. Um, I was talking with uh, with Josh Atwood uh, a few months ago about you know the challenges and everything that comes along with working with family and how that can be a bonus, uh, but it's also it also has its challenges. Um, is, how's that? You know, not everyone can do that. It, it seems like you guys are pretty fine tuned, same vision. Uh, I, I would say we definitely have the same vision, yeah. um, uh, slightly different passions. Uh, BJ has a higher passion towards the hops side of uh, brewing and stuff like that. He's grown hops. He has an amazing palate for hops, whereas my passion's a little bit more into the scientific and technical side. Mm -hmm. My palate's not as good as his, not even close. Yeah, we were talking about the ins and outs of water chemistry the other night. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's where I have a lot of fun, whereas Young yeah. Flood likes to do all the sensory analysis and, and get everything he can. And his uh, background is in agriculture, so he's going to be growing hops out front on the trellises, growing hops at the local to just has some decoration and some floral cool. attributes to everything all right so that's who young flood is i was racking my brain trying to figure out i'm sorry i keep saying I young was, flood. no no no. that's fine just just to clarify that is your brother that's BJ. right yeah. yeah i was trying to think who else is involved i don't remember so that. uh <laughs> i always used to call him puddles uh because he was a little flood <laughs> mm -hmm. but uh you know he's got a full beard that's now you see yeah. he wears you know the, the gangster hats and stuff so yeah. i thought young flood was a little more appropriate and stuff <laughs> grown-ass man that's right exactly yeah he's <laughs> Definitely not a little puddle anymore. He's <laughs> right. a grown ass man. I like the little puddle. What would that be in Spanish? I don't know. Oh, that would be good. That yeah. would be good. Yeah. <laughs> Should have thought of that. Vienna, Vienna Lager name. <laughs> nice. Uh, so you mentioned uh, that you were at Illuminati. You also worked at Culshin, correct? I did, yeah. Yeah, so just you did? Young Flood worked there as well. Worked, at, worked, at, worked there as well. That's what Absolutely. I thought. Um, kind of ironic that Illuminati is kind of off the scorecard now. Yes, it definitely uh, I don't know is. what's going on with the availability of all of their assets or how that's working, but sure, we'll just sure, leave sure. that to, uh, to speculation. <laughs> um, and not to mention the space avail availability. Yeah. How do you feel that having worked for two breweries, especially one production brewery, not that Colson's just a production brewery, but they are also a production brewery. Um, and then Illuminati, how do you feel that those approaches prepared you for what you're undertaking now? And do you plan to use any of those? How, how do you feel that those approaches prepared you for, for what you're doing now? Absolutely. I, I cannot say enough good about my time at Colchon and what they did for me. Um, starting at K1 as a keg washer, ground level, having them recognize my passion and move me up through the cellar eventually onto the brew deck and then just being just overly awesome and confident in me mm -hmm. and eventually giving me basically pretty much full control over that entire brewery as yeah. Dave's a nurturer. He is. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but as we were making the transition into K2, which was when I was there, that's when K1 started sending a bunch of employees over there to help staff and everything like that. Um, 
it came down to where it was just me, Abraham Ebert, who's now at Lost Giants. Mm -hmm. And um, we both hired my younger brother to be a keg washer. It's kind of a funny situation. He was technically three weeks under 21 years old. So he couldn't enough to wash kegs, old enough to wash kegs, <laughs> couldn't touch anyone that had product. In it. I had to empty those for him, but really you can't even touch the, yeah. If they really? had any product, he wasn't allowed to touch him. He had, to, he would like lift them and be like, whoop, I can't touch that one. Wow, like come into it court for I me. did not know. That's weird stuff. Oh, right. Puritanical America. That's Gotta right. Love it. <laughs> so you um, might be possessed by Satan if you touch that. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so Keep after, uh, devil juice. <laughs> After having uh, that experience at K1, uh, I was uh, transferred over to K2 to do their lead production for about a year and a half. I, uh, That's pretty crazy because it's what, a 30-barrel system? It's a 30-barrel system. That well, was how was the learning made. curve on that? You know, it was pretty quick as far as using it and making beer. Wesley Finger, the head brewer there, mm -hmm. was amazing about training and all of that. Like They have their SOPs in place, and he's extremely attentive and awesome guy. Yeah. Um, made sure I was completely up to speed on that system. Mm -hmm. The real benefit being the PM brewer was that I also did full maintenance on the system. So I tore through all the pumps, all the gaskets, valves, seals, the glamour work. That's yeah. right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. that's where I got my fun learning on that system. Um, yeah. Then after I was doing that for about a year and a half and I got very burnt out of brewing on a touchscreen and on a system that size doing production. And um, yeah, it, it's one thing it's hard to explain to people. They think, Oh, the bigger the volume, the harder it is. Like, no, actually, the easier it it's is. It's way easier. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I went and had a talk with Dave and uh, Dave Vitt, the owner of Colshin, mm -hmm. and then eventually gave him my two week notice, but spent a month and a half there training just to make sure I didn't leave a hole or anything like mm -hmm. that. That right. was the last thing I wanted. I was not upset or mad or I love Colshin at the bottom of my heart. They're mm -hmm. amazing people. It's an amazing company. Did not want to leave them shorthanded, but uh, after I was able to fill that position and, and get out of there, it was only three days before I wandered into Illuminati and was brewing their first patches and stuff like that. Yeah, because Bill was doing the brewing himself. Bill or? had actually not brewed any on the new system. Okay. I, I wandered in there about two days before he was going to do his first brew. Okay. And um, he had just uh, made the transition from home brewer to commercial brewer. Right and wasn't too confident on doing it all himself for the first go was really happy to have someone come by and be like this is how i think the system looks like it should work mm -hmm. from you know first glance and stuff like that and i never went back into there how big was that system it was just a three barrel system oh, okay. with so uh, seven barrel fermenters we pushed it so that we could get right. double batches to fill the fermenters and things like that but mm -hmm. uh that was a that was a very hefty load of work doing the brewing serving distributing marketing all that fun stuff that was yeah, a lot doing it all but yeah. uh back to the original question <laughs> do not regret it at all that would, yeah. would not be where i am right now if we didn't uh, get to learn all of that so mm -hmm. uh getting the experience at colchon on their experimental 15 barrel system that is just dialed in and the entire cellar is dialed in that was my ground base for my learning procedures mm -hmm. going off to k2 to bump those procedures to a production level was a huge learning experience and then getting off to Illuminati where we got to control it all ourselves was 
the next level. Yeah. It wasn't making as much beer, but it was so much more responsibility. Right. Right. And yeah, I would argue possibly, possibly a little more rewarding just because your, your fingers on every little bit. I felt more rewarded. I can understand right. how other people wouldn't, but to me, right. that's what, that's just right. what I wanted to I do. I think most brewers would. I think not that there's anything wrong with, I mean, you're still, it takes a lot of talent. Just to be clear, it takes a lot of talent to crank out a consistent product on any, Hands any down. system. Hands any down. System. It seems like Menace is kind of a good midpoint uh, because it's what, a seven barrel system? Yeah, yeah we have a seven barrel seven. here. Absolutely. Seven with some 15s, uh, which 15s just mean 15 barrel double fermenters, essentially. Actually, no, we only you have don't? the seven barrel fermenters and then we also have two four barrel fermenters. So we can do smaller batches okay, on right, our right, system right, for right. specialty blends uh, or brews. Uh, but uh, no double brews here yet. Yes. We're planning on that in the sure. future as we yeah. dial in all our processes. Yeah. Anything, uh, speaking of vision, do you have anything unique or unexpected that we can look for in the future? I, I mean, you mentioned so. you mentioned carrying on uh, the tradition of, of what Ben was brewing. Um, yeah, I, I guess you just go ahead. As far <laughs> as uh, creating beers, uh, I, I really won't speculate as to all the fun we're going to have. I know we're going to have lots of fun, and there's going to be tons of fun beers coming out. Um, but the stuff that I'm really excited about is the education programs that we're getting involved in. Um, Bellingham Technical College, we've been talking about we're creating an industry standard for service where we create a two-week program. You come in and you get your food, handler's permit, your mass permit, you take a beer tasting class to get your Cicerone, a wine tasting class to get your sommelier, cocktail mixing class. You do a class where you learn POS systems, and then you get a live night of service where you can invite your friends and family into the annex. Ideally, what we want that to turn into is something where someone who takes that course can go to any tap house brewery in town, and those managers will know exactly what they're getting when they hire. Yeah. So that it's kind of just plug and play. They don't have to pay for training. Man, I am so 100% on board with that. That was actually one of the things that I wanted to, to congratulate you on and, and, and mention you. that I'm excited about because nothing is more galling as, I mean, forget that I'm a brewer, but even just a beer nerd, yeah. you know, which I also am, <laughs> uh, than to go into a brewery or a tap house and ask a server a question and have them either make up something and lie uh, or tell me that they don't know or that they don't drink beer yeah which i mean i guess it can be okay if you don't drink beer but you should still know what you're talking about yes you know you don't have to appreciate the product to be able to describe it in an intelligent way that's right and uh just to be clear that never happened to me at menace um <laughs> but uh we got a lot of passion but, but here, yeah right? it's just i mean to me it's inexcusable and lazy and when chris and i were working on a subdued that was one of the things that was 100% in our focus because that was something that I've done all the way back to working at the Pike like 20 years ago um, where we had beer school where because we had all the Pike beers plus all the Merchant Divan beers. So there yeah. was like 350 different beers. Right. And there was a point in my life where I could have quoted like the specific gravity and all of the details to almost all of those beers. That's awesome. Um, back to, back to menace and things that you're, that you're going for. And I know that you're super excited about the Count Chocula IPA, but and I understand you don't <laughs> want to go into that. Um, I'm just curious about, as I'm sure some, uh, others are about the, the beer lab. Yes. Uh, and what, uh, cause that was always something that, yeah, it's, it's evolved and kind of 
floundered and flourished over time and, and it's gone through many, many changes and iterations. And I'm just wondering where you see it standing now. Awesome. We, we were very excited to get into the beer lab. Teaching beer was uh, my passion when I was at Colchon during the later days. I was doing the sensory program, quality control, um, teaching my stuff down to uh, the rest of the staff that could have just used the information. And I had a lot of fun doing it. So um, getting the beer lab up and running with an actual program to help home brewers see the jump that needs to be made between home brewing and commercial brewing is something I'm very set on. Um, we won't be able to do that with BTC as a technical program because it is more of a hobby driven practice. Um, I'm not going to be... And it involves actual alcohol in the production of it. Yeah, it's much more of a hobby. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not going to be in there telling people that how I brew is the way to brew. Mm -hmm. What I'm going to be doing is getting brewers from all around town to come in and just show people their their style. So with a class like that, we really can't offer any degree because there's no standards. It's just open learning and hobbies. Mm -hmm. You get to learn different perspectives, different theories, different procedures, all that fun stuff. So it's going to be more of an educational platform where Absolutely. people, will, where home brewers will come in. 100%. And, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. We've also had the uh, recent idea just because of uh, the real effort and, 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 momentum behind starting the beer lab actually came from Jim Parker. Everything comes back to Jim Parker. It always does. So, um, we, we reached out to his son to ask his permission, which we got, but we were actually going to be calling the beer lab, the Jim Parker beer lab. Nice. Once, uh, it gets fully it definitely his brainchild. Yes, it was. And we, I have a lot of respect for that. So it'll be the Jim Parker, Jim Parker beer lab. Um, we're going to be getting groups of four to five home brewers in at a time with rotating head brewers or cellarmen, anyone from the industry around town yeah. to just help, um, help spread theories, ideas, procedures. Yeah. Ideally those beers will go on tap at the local. And if they are successful well enough with everyone, we will, uh, send them off to menace and we can brew a larger batch for them. Nice. Perfect. Yes. But the beer lab, uh, right now does not have a, um, a tentative date anything. for owning it doesn't have a license anything like that we wanted to make sure that uh coming into new ownership we made sure that we had everything locked down and squared oh, away absolutely and it's such a far. yeah it's such a gray area i mean parker's original vision was uh to have it be kind of an incubator for people that were looking to open breweries where you could come and brew batches that you could later sell or you know just perfect your recipes of course and uh yeah, my involvement, I was only involved very, very early on. And, uh, and yeah, his pitch to me was, was well, like, yeah, I needed a job at the time. And, uh, he was like, well, you can be, you know, you'll be the, the guy that runs all the stuff. And I started thinking about the logistics of that. Like, okay, we're going to be having inexperienced home brewers and possibly inexperienced brewers come through and just the potential for infection and just that model never really seemed to be one that could at least easily be pulled off without no. strict strict oversight yep. and uh and once it once i got the job that i currently have at amtrak i realized like i'm not going to be able to do that and i don't know if you're going to find someone who wants to do that i i personally <laughs> could do that 
uh, yeah. writing SOPs and all yeah. that fun stuff and having the connections with the brewers around town that I do, uh, I'm pretty sure we can all come to a pretty good understanding of yeah. what we're dealing with. On <laughs> a professional brewer sense, yes. But yeah. with, with uh, you know, the, the issue that I was always going back to was like, well, if something goes wrong, like if somebody doesn't properly clean the heat exchanger, you might not know for three other people's brews sure. that all of those brews are infected. Sure. And then you've got a big problem. It takes huge <laughs> so I like that education model that's quite right. a bit. It's, it's yeah. huge supervision and all that fun stuff because it is, it's all about education. So, but it'll be all happening at the same time instead of people coming in. And that's rotating. right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that model a lot. Absolutely. Uh, all this talk's making me thirsty. You want to you take a little break Let's and, do uh, it. and we'll come back? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Let's do it. Skagit Valley Malting is an independent local craft malt house dedicated to sustainable farming practices and the use of superior maritime grains. Imported and commodity malts make a lot of beer, but craft malt makes craft beer. Using their patented technology, Skagit offers breweries a diverse variety of customizable malts that offer distinction in a crowded marketplace. So why import? They can provide what you're looking for right here, together. All right, we're back. Uh, so we were just talking. It's funny. We, uh, your business partner Jake, just just popped in, and we were, and he mentioned CO two, and you mentioned that stuff was at the local. That's right. You know, you've got multiple locations because you got. I mean, even though the local and the annex are right next to each other. Um, they're still two separate businesses on paper, correct? They are separate entities. That's, that's what correct. I thought. Yeah. And, uh, and then, um, uh, as well, you've, uh, oh, so sorry. <laughs> I'm the keys for the truck. It's so, Jake again, kitties. Sorry. Woo! I'm so not, sorry, everybody. Not those keys, the other keys. No. Keys to my heart. Those ones are perfect. All right. That was last time. <laughs> You're wrong, buddy. <laughs> Case and point. That's right. <laughs> we'll keep that in. Um, you know, things, things can be fluid, no pun intended. And some things are at one place and they have, but they're at another place physically and they need to come over here and right. things, things move around. Uh, just, I guess, talk a bit about how you approach the three separate businesses, but under one umbrella and one model and how do you make those all work and play nice together. Well, one of the hugest benefits of the three locations is that we have three outlets to sell our beers over taps. Very true. That makes it very hard for me to keep up with production here. We're at max capacity. We're looking for more tanks so we can make more beer. That's the double fermenters that you were talking about. Yeah. 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 If we can get bigger size and start making more beers and we'll be doing just fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, it's also was a huge goal of ours coming in, um, to start marketing and letting the public know that the three locations are connected because it's really not too well known throughout the community. That yeah, I think beer nerds know, but, but so everybody listening to this already Yeah, knows, they all, they, everybody already knows, but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's a huge goal of ours with our marketing plan. Okay. And, um, we are working on a, um, uh, just a slight touch up of the logo, a little bit of a rebrand. We're in absolutely no rush to decide on something, but the goal of it is to have something that connects the three locations, um, something visual representation that helps everybody keep in mind that the three all stooges. three of these are, yeah, they're all <laughs> working together. Um, we have some, some plans for the annex for the future as, as far as a little bit of a uh, redecorating and, 
potentially a little bit of a rebrand as the annex isn't the most well-known place around. Most people just think it's the local. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of freedom there to be able to change it and, and start to brand it and things. We haven't made any solid decisions on that either yet. We're, this is definitely a marathon. In yeah, we're three so, months in and trying to keep up. And, it's, right. and now it's summertime. So yep, yep, yep. there's a lot of, uh, lot best, of beer to make. Best time of the year to be selling beer. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. That'll be interesting to see how that all unfolds and, and see what, what happens with that. Absolutely. Do you have plans for the uh, for each place being a unique entity as far as uh, uh as far as like the annex versus the local because they're both beer bars sure yeah they are gonna have uh some uh, very unique uh, identities in the sense that local is um uh or i'm sorry the annex is only 21 and over having the local allow right, families and everything is going to be the hugest separation between the two of those um, right i never even thought of that yes and the annex being 21 and over as well versus the brewery here where once again we're family friendly and all that fun mm-hmm. stuff it makes it really easy to start to separate but then it also makes it really easy for us to start to connect to the local what the little things we've done so far is get matching furniture in the local and menace paint the bathrooms the same color and then start to work on a logo that's going to be recognizable between the three locations just really really little stuff that we're not trying to really cause any ripples and right what ben and tom bad up to amazing a, to so. a firm firm vision that's right or a firm uh, yeah yeah absolutely yeah well uh i don't know if you've ever listened to any of these before but i have okay so you know what's coming yes uh i like to do i used to call them the rapid fire questions but they're not rapid fire because it's all open-ended and you say whatever you want um (laughs) and i've changed a few of them and gotten rid of a few of them well done but uh considering you are coming from the brewing background even though you're you see yourself more as the production manager now. What's your what's your favorite beer to brew? You know, it's it. My brother and I were talking about this just the other day, um, and actually, some of the funnest beers that we've brewed have been IPAs. We're not the biggest fans of drinking them, um, mm-hmm. but gosh darn, are they fun to dial in and make ones that everybody loves? Mm-hmm. Uh, hazy IPAs have been something that we've just had a lot of fun learning and tweaking and all that. It, they're super fun beers to make. Uh, not my favorite beers to drink, but mine neither. He, he says as he's drinking the, the smart IPA, <laughs> uh, but this is really nice. I mean, Thank you, you, so you sold it as you know, soft, approachable, bitter, but not crazy, stupid, bitter. That's right. And, uh, and balanced. I taste malt in here, which is if I don't taste malt in an IPA, I'm not, I'm not a fan. <laughs> Thank you so so much. You're making me blush. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you uh, out there, that just means he's turning beet red. (laughs) What's your favorite beer to drink since IPAs are not your favorite? Um, Pale ales. Honestly, even before I worked at Colshin, the the good old boy pale ale has been my go-to beer. and It was awesome to get in there and learn how to make it and be able to make it for a long time. And then it was also even more awesome that doing that didn't sway me away from it. I, I still love that beer. I, yeah. I go to James Street Coalition all the time, and it, it, I don't even have to ask anymore. They just get behind <laughs> the good old boy. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the first thing that I get there usually. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a sucker for there and just have one. So. Yep, 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 yep. I mean, what do you think I am? <laughs> what's, uh, what's your guilty pleasure? 
drinking wise. We don't <laughs> have to clarifying. we don't have to get into your pro- proclivities for other things. <laughs> Guilty pleasure drinking wise. Now that's going to be a tough one. I know if I had to answer these questions, I'd be screwed. I have no idea what, what how I'd answer. I tell you, it's tough. <laughs> I mean, I could probably make a bunch of excuses for not having a guilty pleasure. Sours I've been getting into recently. You know what? I, I'll say my guilty pleasure is uh, hazy IPAs. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. Wander makes some fantastic ones. Aslan makes some fantastic ones. Yeah. Had a great one from Gruff the other day. Nice. Even uh, I had one from Fringe way back in the day. Scott mm-hmm. made just this fantastic one. I was like, man, this is awesome. Yeah. But uh, of course, not being an IPA drinker, the hazy IPAs are a little bit taboo for me to be enjoying, but <laughs> <laughs> they're fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. They, they certainly can be yeah. if well done. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What, uh, what, what of your products do you have when, when you go home at night and you're making dinner, assuming you go home? <laughs> <laughs> I live here, but yes, yeah, I, I get know. it. <laughs> right. Right. We're in, we're in like a what six by eight room probably. <laughs> That might be generous. Uh, do you have a favorite food pairing with your with any of your products? Cheese, cheese, cheese. Huh? Oh yeah, my wife's you... the cheese buyer at the co-op. So oh no way, I eat a lot of cheese. After working at Illuminati for so long, Bill had such an amazing palate for charcuterie boards, meats, and cheeses. I learned so much there, and then of course he was making wine as well. So. We got to learn a bunch about pairing cheeses with wine. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, our passion is in beer. So we just took that knowledge, transferred it over to beer. And I remember he had he would always get a, a slice of the Sage Darby. It was like a sharp cheddar with sage in it. And that paired well with almost any IPA that you could throw up. Just gave it a little bit of a savory touch and a nice creamy mouthfeel. It was just amazing. So uh, cured meats and cheeses, I kind of cliche to say I pair those with beers, but yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, I, that's I my go-to vouch. when I want something fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I can vouch that, uh, some of the aged cheeses, especially the blue cheese, yeah. like, like, a, like a, like a Humboldt fog kind of thing, which sure. my wife's going to slap me. I don't know that that's actually a blue cheese. I don't think it is barley wines, Ooh. barley wines and cheese go better than any wine. I wouldn't and, be surprised. Yeah. So we have a barrel-aged barley wine that we're hoping to get out by the uh, winter holiday season. Yeah, and I know Lost Giants just started doing little charcuterie boards as well. That they're like Hagen's. Uh, they're working together mm-hmm. with Hagen's to get these meat and cheese boards in. And I went in there to pair them with some ciders and all that fun stuff because it's just so much fun. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, their ciders pair really well with the cheeses as well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the first beer that you ever had? <laughs> ever had? Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. Um, I'm a, I'm amazed at how many people do remember the first beer that they ever had. Well, it wasn't on purpose. It was definitely on accident. I was at a softball tournament where my father was umpiring out in Sumas. They still do this every year where everybody camps all weekend for the 4th of July. It's coming up like in a couple of days, right? Yeah. 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 Today being the, what, 29th? 29th, 29th yeah. of June. Yeah. Yeah. So the tournament starts up real mm-hmm. soon. They do the 4th of July and all that. And that was the first time I had my, my well, I didn't actually drink a whole beer, but you know, it was sitting around a campfire with everybody and the old man was like, it's time for you to taste this. And I tasted it and was like, wow, I'm never doing that again. That was horrible. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, yeah, obviously, you know, 20 years got later, how long yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah here I am right. now. But I remember this is what's funny to me is that it was a rainier. 
Mm-hmm. And if uh, I had to choose a favorite beer these days, it would be Rainier. That's nice. uh, my, my go-to at-home beer. I, uh, yeah. I get plenty of uh, all these fun craft beers around. Fancy and, beers. Yeah, and they're, they're all fantastic. And they're all awesome. But uh, I can't get away from my good old-fashioned classic Rainier. Good Fair stuff. enough. Yeah, I still mine. You know, mine was probably Coors. Sure, it's probably Coors. Growing up in Texas, but oh yeah, uh, or yeah, my dad was a Coors drinker. Not really anymore. But my fishing beer is but, Coors Banquet. Yeah, that that's, a nice nice that's a nice beer. That's a nice beer. Good beer. Yeah, yeah. It comes in great cans for fishing. They got caps that go back on them and everything. Oh, I don't <laughs> think I even knew that. Yeah, they got little tin makes caps that you strip oh. back on so you can keep fly fishing and you don't spill your beer and all that fun perfect. stuff. Right? So perfect. Yeah. You gotta love tailor made beers. Like we know where we stand. <laughs> That's right. In the in We we know what these are for. <laughs> we know where we stand. That's right. <laughs> Do so uh, coming from the science background, but also we didn't really talk about when you started brewing. Sure. But what was the beer that, that flipped that switch where you thought, I should use my, my knowledge for the power of good? It was actually a, a Belgian wit. Um, and it was uh, my final project when I was at Central Washington University studying beer was to make, uh, obviously make a beer. And uh, what my. So you went, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but you went to Central Washington specifically for a fermentation science. Well, I took their craft beer trade certificate program. Oh, okay. So All it right. covered um, biochemistry, chemistry, biology, marketing, um, tasting, and um, instrumentation. Okay. So it covered a, a, a very wide array. They okay. were about to switch to a four-year. It was only a nine-month program. So they had the literature to support a four-year, but not the staffing and the time. Sure. So what I basically did was just lock myself in my apartment and read through all the literature all they things. had for nine months just yeah. to try to get through it. I'm yes. not good at sitting there and watching PowerPoint slides flash in front of my face. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a waste of time. Exactly. I have myself a nice library from going through school. Yeah, I'll and bet. Yeah. I've, and I've been through it because I had the time. So, right. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's where uh, the real scientific passion kicked off. I, I, I made this Belgian wit at the end of the year. And what we did was we used organic lemon zest but we added it at the uh, correct time of fermentation so that we would not only be adding sugars, but also be adding the enzymes from the lemon peel. It um, helps break down the sugars in a secondary process and actually causes the yeast to re-krausen. Really? Yeah, it's, it was an amazing thing to see the second just time I did citrus it. Citrus in general or just the bacteria that was on the, the I zest? I do believe it has a lot more to do with the enzymes that are okay. in the zest. They make a lot more of the sugars available. There, There is a little bit of sugar in there as well. The pH drop that they add may be a little healthier for the yeast depending on where the pH Especially is. Especially halfway through fermentation. Exactly. Yeah, when the pH drops again. That's yeah. right. So it was all those things added into uh, what it did was it created this beer that was super clean had a nice belgian characteristic with the lemon zest and the big wheat background we did it just tasted like lemon meringue pie nice. we had a little touch of coriander in there for a nice little citrusy spice on the back i see, end. I see you have the key lime goza on yes right we now. do that's right yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> we, yeah um but that belgian wit there was the one that really started me getting down the rabbit hole uh, it's the beer i've brewed the most my friends at home would drink my five gallon homebrew batches in a night and be upset about it right so i mean yeah i, I probably made 
at least 50 gallons of that beer at home in five gallon batches. I'd be into talking to you about that because it's, I'd be interested in looking at that and how you go about it and the procedure. It's on the schedule. Let's get you in here for a collaboration, Bruno. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I can do it. If you can do it on a Tuesday. <laughs> we do it every day. Like, yeah, <laughs> we do it we every brewed, day. We brewed Sunday last week. It doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. to us. The beer makes the schedule. We don't. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be honored to do that. Keep Thank reminding you. me about that. <laughs> I got a lot going on. Just, and <laughs> do I, you? Do you? I really want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I'll I'll shoot you an email on that because I'd definitely be be down for doing that. It's always fun yes. to to play around on bigger systems. Oh yeah, and that's uh, I have a an opinion on branding, which is that I suck at branding. <laughs> so that's, that's the same opinion I have yes. when it comes to branding. My and, my and it's funny because I was a, a originally a marketing major. Oh no! Kidding. And I realized I didn't want anything to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> my fix for uh, my branding issues is I was—I I have a lot of friends who are doing awesome things in their life, and I can bring them in here to teach them what I do, and that will eventually help them promote what they do, and by extension, promote what I'm doing. So. Um, Young Flood thought of a great idea where we had a uh, Darren Ham, the president of the Homebrewers Club, in just this last week to brew a Kolsch. And what we're going to do is name that Kolsch after reminiscent of like hip hop songs, and then in parentheses it'll be featuring Darren Ham because that's how all the <laughs> hip hop songs go. They always <laughs> right. feature other yeah. people from everywhere and stuff like that. Yeah. So when we do collaboration brews with single people that have like it's it's their mentality behind the beer. We want to make sure that it's featuring that person. It technically can't be a collaboration because it's not two companies collaborating, but it can be a beer that has all the influence from the feature behind it. Right. And that's what we did with the, with Mr. Ham. We brewed him a coal shop that he, he wrote the recipe. We got Skagit Valley malt to donate um, the malt to us so that we can um, eventually donate the proceeds off to uh, DB SAS. For, for Skagit's involvement and all that fun stuff and mm -hmm. made ourselves a collaboration group. Nice. Yeah. Uh, collabs are the best thing. I mean, it just, it really brings home the fact that the beer community is just that. Exactly. It's a beer community. Exactly. And whether it be the people that support it financially through coming in and drinking beer across the bar. That's right. Or the brewers collaborating with each other and bouncing ideas off of each other. That's something that I've always loved about brewers and, and breweries. Absolutely. Everybody talks to everybody else. I, I, I hope that that remains intact as the pro proliferation of breweries takes off. I understand that. Uh, but I, I, I know most of the people that are involved in breweries in, in Bellingham, at least. Yeah. And they're all pretty mellow people. Yeah. They're, they're brewers. <laughs> pretty Bellinghamster, right? <laughs> pretty Bellingham. Yeah, yeah that's right. So um, I'm, I'm concerned, but not that worried right now. I grew up playing soccer or working or going to school with most uh, all of the owners and brewers around here mm -hmm. these days. And um, it's, it's amazing, the community that they have. Not only what I see between me and the other brewers, but what I see with the other brewers and companies doing together 
yeah. outside of everything else they're doing. It's yeah, just run into a problem. You pick up the phone, like what? This isn't doing what I thought it would do. What's yeah. going on? Like, Oh yeah, that's happening. You, you always yeah, have, you're choices. fine. <laughs> yeah. You're fine or do this. Yep. 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 Love the community. Here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of community, do you have any, and it doesn't even have to be a, a local thing. Do you have, uh, a brewing hero or a favorite brewery? And it wow. could be global. That's one I haven't thought about. That's a really tough one. I guess, uh, man, I don't want to be like too cliche or, or anything like that. Like I'm not trying to toot the horn of the company I'm at now, but like growing up, Menace was the company I had the most respect for. Ben started this thing in a shipping container in Ferndale. Right. Upgraded his system, what, five times? Was able to open a restaurant and a tap house next to it. Got a food truck up and running. I I grew up in the beer industry telling people, like, that's what I want to do. I, I got the absolute most respect for that, and that's how I want to do this. Yeah. It's a little bit ironic that I'm sitting here now <laughs> at uh, the, the place that I was talking works, right? about the whole time. Uh, but uh, I, I actually, just knowing as much as I do about how this company started, I think this company has more of my respect than than any other brewery around. And I, I do think that is just absolutely due to Ben and Tom's passion yeah. and commitment to building this. Yeah, I, I love Ben. Oh and uh, I, I, I've, met, I've only met Tom a couple of times, but clearly they're the, the dynamic duo very much so yeah and yeah. i think that i i think that's super fitting and kind of sweet <laughs> oh thank uh, you <laughs> it's funny so uh not to throw you under the bus but we were supposed to get together on tuesday and it didn't pan out but that's we right. ended up running into each other <laughs> <laughs> we ended up running into each other that's at right. the newly opened stemma right uh which was the first time that we'd met yep so i don't think i've told you this i went from there to k2 and ran into Ben. Yes. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> and, uh, and so we talked a little bit about it. It was like, yeah, I'm sitting down with Ryan, you know, and, uh, he seems happy. You seem happy. It, it seems like it's just a, that every, everything aligned. Yeah. It, it's, it almost is too good to be true. Like, <laughs> right. uh, it doesn't seem like there was any sacrifices on either side everybody's doing what they want and no regrets. Everybody's happy. Yeah, yeah totally. It's totally. really good to see Ben doing what he's doing now, clocking off and being like, I'm done. He was having a beer. It, it was, was, it's just so good to see that. From yeah, him. yeah. Yeah. He and Wes were just hanging out, shooting shit. Good. Having to a beer. That's yeah. so good to hear. And uh, yeah, that, that exact refrain came up. It's like, so having fun just being a worker bee? He's like, yes. Yes. I'm so glad to hear that. Every time I saw Ben, it, I would always be like, man, it's really good to see you. God, you make me tired. Yeah. <laughs> you just got so much going on. Yes, he it's does. Just, it's just insane. I remember coming And here. now you do. Well, I do, but <laughs> I got a team of four around That's me. That's true. Like not, That's true. Uh, not just, uh, not just, just the two running the show mm -hmm. and, uh, Lucky me that one of the teammates is my younger brother. Yeah. And uh, yeah. gosh darn, does he kick some ass in that brewery. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, so this is, this is kind of a new question uh, for, those, for those who actually listen to these on a regular basis. If your brewery or your business, I guess, because it's not just a brewery, were a band 
or a musician, who would it be? If the brewery was a band or a musician. Yeah. Huh. That's a fun one. Yeah, I thought so. Now, our brewery is super neighborhood and community oriented. But as you can tell from our beer names, we have like a lot of sarcasm and stuff like that going on. Like we really like to have fun and poke at the fact that we are menaces. Yeah. But in all reality. Dark Hagen is still one of my favorite. No kidding, right? <laughs> it's like that that's, that's, yeah, that one, that's an <laughs> that's awesome brilliant. beer name. But uh, man, I would almost say like uh, Hot Damn Scandal. Like that they got their their community figured out like anytime they come to bellingham it's just it's a it's a scene everybody wants to come see them their music's super fun they have a ton of fun where are they out of they're out of bellingham as, oh, far, out of as bellingham. far as i know right. yeah yeah and i've i'm I've, so plugged in i've met him a few times stinky pete's an awesome character he's got an amazing voice they have i think they may have lost their seventh and the seventh piece in their at six right now but uh just watching them they have so much fun up there they're so talented they just they play at places like boundary bay's beer garden because mm -hmm. they just love the community in the neighborhood i would say yeah. hot damn scandal nice they're yeah i've heard the name i've never seen them but oh i would recommend I will, them highly i will put it it sounds like something up my alley so i haven't I bought too many vinyls in my lifetime although i love them but yeah. when i saw that hot damn scandal they were playing at the firefly and i was like yes i'm definitely gonna go see them and uh, they had vinyls for sale. And I was yeah. like, wow, I only have a few vinyls, but this is going to be one of them. Yeah, I think Justin, one of the co-owners of the Firefly, was telling me, actually, I think that the last time they played there, he's like, you should check this out. Yeah. You would have fun. He's and that's why I love the guys that went to Belgium and, uh, and uh, Germany oh, no with me. Cool. Yeah. I love Justin. And, uh, and of course, I did because I'm a dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to uh, one of the reasons I love Hot Damn Scandal so much is because they play at the Bellingham Staples. Like uh, I know the Firefly used to be the Green Frog, but mm -hmm. like there's like Justin's doing such a good job with it and keeping the same vibe and the culture and everything. And it like that's the type of places that uh, Hot Damn likes yeah. to likes it's a to great go place and play. For music and a great place for beer nerds. Go check it out. Exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. That'd be my relation. Community oriented, having a lot of fun, very professional, very talented. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so we'll do the, the whole um, favorite thing. And these are just questions that I ask everybody. Of course. What's your favorite grain? RAR's my favorite malting company right now. Other than Skagit. I, I mean, I love to go to Skagit and mm -hmm. get whatever fun stuff I can find. But as far as like bulk i i love rar they're like mm -hmm. fossil fuel free they're pretty close they run on a lot of solar energy and all that fun stuff and the consistency of their malt is great um i'd have to say uh oats and wheat those are my favorites uh flakes uh, or just white wheat like yeah, uh, we've been i tossing, love oats in a beer for yeah sure we've been tossing them uh flaked oats and flaked wheat into Every single IPA that we make, yeah, the it SMRT. Seems like, yeah, this, I get a little oatiness. That's where the mouthfeel and the, the, mm -hmm. the light bit of protein haze comes from. We, we still keep a, a lower mash temp so that we don't retain too much soluble proteins. You get a nice dry backbone on it and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But the idea is to um, bridge the gap between the West and the East Coast IPAs. Get a nice mouthfeel, uh, soft bitterness, 
lots of uh, citrusy uh, flavors, but the clarity is a little more towards West Coast. Yeah. Nice. What about hop? Speaking of... The SMRT, it's actually a Laurel IPA. Laurel okay. is the only hop we used in there all the way through. I just recently found Laurel. Yeah. I was like, this might be my ideal hop. Yeah. It's got the spiciness of like a sauce. That's right. Kind of thing. But then it's got that lemony... Uh, kind of citrusy note, yep. mainly lemon is what I get out of it. I, I do too, but we use a citra as our backbone hop here, but as you probably know, citra is not the cheapest hop in the world. Probably not, and we're especially bouncing. if you're on the spot market. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> yeah. We're hoping to contract at the end of this year and really help with that, but spot market, mm -hmm. spot market citra kills you. Um, yeah. Laurel it. seems like a decent substitute at this point. It's got a really nice backbone for those flavors yeah. so that we can use <laughs> a lot more tropical hops like Exaka, Idaho 7, Simcoe, all on the backbone. Mm -hmm. But I haven't have tried that. Idaho 7 yet. I want to. Oh, so we have a, an IPA with Idaho 7 coming out within like the next three days and okay. then an Imperial IPA. Uh, the IPA used Idaho 7 in the dry hop mm -hmm. while the Imperial IPA used Idaho 7 in the Whirlpool. Okay. So we're going to get both sides of that hop, mm -hmm. and right. then you can try them in a higher alcohol and a lower alcohol yeah. IPA as well. Yeah. So we made a citra IPA that we called As If, just because everybody makes citra IPAs. Right. And we're like, yeah, of course we did, As If. <laughs> yeah. Used it as a clueless <laughs> reference, of yeah. course. One of my uh, favorite names with a citra beer was Citra Ass Down. I like that. Yeah, I don't That's remember awesome. who did it. I don't remember if it was like Pacific Northwesterny or uh, or somewhere else. I can't remember. I just remember the name. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll find that out. Our next one was to do as if to the search for more money because that was Spaceballs too. Right. That was their title for Spaceballs. Spaceballs. The search for more money. And of course, <laughs> right. if we're going to make a Citra IPA and then we're going to make it twice, all we're doing is trying to sell the IPA. We're we have to pay bills somehow. Yeah. It is a business. <laughs> That's right. It is a business. IPAs pay the bills. They do. I know. Stemma just opened. There's three IPAs and one amber, which is a really nice, very it soft is. amber. I'll, I'll, sorry, but I'll, I'll plug Stemma really quick. That's fun. Um, yeah. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I mean, it's their first four beers. So. Well, they had the Aussie IPA, which I was super stoked mm -hmm. to try. That was fantastic. Yeah. And I can't remember the name of the one I had after it. It was... Uh, there was the Aussie IPA. There was. It's Tarder. I know, right? Breaking out, but it was there was three IPAs. I want to call one it was like a Stemma IPA. No, I don't know. What I'm blanking out. There, I, I took a picture of their thing. Their Aussie IPA was fantastic, and then one of the other ones they had was uh, just so soft and palatable, full of flavor, super mm -hmm. clean. It was an amazing beer. Oh, oh! I just had it. It'll come back, I'm sure. Uh, begins with a T. Yeah. Um, they brewed it a boundary. Well, they did. Well, the first, the very, very first batch. Sure. This this batch that's on now, they brewed in in house. Awesome. Talking points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something like Talking that. Talking points. Talking something. point. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right. Sorry, Jason. I don't think that's right. You don't. But it's very close. It's very close. Um, hold on. Yeah, let's make we're sure we get pause this one for, right. We're going to pause for technical difficulties yep. and, uh, and make it sound like we're really smart. We were there the other it night. Was last... We should both remember, right? Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> what happens when you Training wheels. Ah, training wheels. Okay. Of course. So, we're going to go back. Yep. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, they have the Aussie. 
The Aussie is fantastic. And then they have, what, what's the name of the other one? It's called Training Wheels. It's called Training Wheels. Yes. Exactly. Super exactly. soft. And then they have their Stemma fruit. IPA that's as right. well. So yeah, three IPAs and then that Amber. That's right. Uh, that's what's on right now. They do have other beers on uh, in the wings. Shall I haven't say. got to try the Amber yet, but I do need to get a beer at the end of the night tonight. There you Maybe go. Maybe that's the one. Eh? There you go. Yeah, it's the perfect blend between... Uh, between like um, an English mild meets a light amber. Oh no way! So yeah. super palatable, nice and it's soft. Really nice. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I, I like it a lot, and I'm not. I'm not a big amber guy. I'm uh, not either. The last so. one I had was from Gruff, and I, the only reason I tried it, it was because it was Gruff's. And yeah. Chris Beerman makes a good beer. Yeah. And I was like, cool. well, I'm trying to get in here as well. He won't answer me. So oh, I'll, I'll get that. Hook up. <laughs> he was very sick when I actually talked to him, though. Having just covered the, the hops, what, what's your favorite yeast? Because I know you use a, a couple different yeasts here, right? Yeah, we're, we're traditionally on 1056 to, right. for our IPAs and flocculations and all that fun stuff. But um, our business partner, Jake, was kind enough to give us his propagation tank. So we can prop up fun yeast strains. We had, the last one we did was a Kolsch strain for Darren's Kolsch. Mm -hmm. uh, before that, we did a Bella Saison strain for the uh, Atwood collaboration, their Kettle Sour. Mm -hmm. um, Basically, what we can do is either hit North Corner Brewing Supply, Robert down mm -hmm. there, who's got a bunch of fun stuff, bunch of fun stuff, or we can order some really small amounts of other things and prop them up in our little prop tank before we pitch them off that's into great. our batches. <clears throat> that's yeah. a great, uh, it's a great asset to have because oh, it's, it, it's it allows you fun. so much. I've I've always been amazed with Adam and Rubens that even at the size they are now they use so many different yeasts yeah. and and make so many different beers and he's just such a stickler for making it two style with that yeast that's right and not cutting any corners it's like wow, that's that's impressive and expensive and, <laughs> so and darn respectable nice. right yeah. yeah darn respectable absolutely uh so just wrapping it up is there um is there any advice for somebody who's listening to this that wants to be where you are now uh, that, oh, that yes. you might add Absolutely. very huge <laughs> yeah. advice. And this, uh, I mean, this isn't a lesson that was learned throughout this week, but this is a lesson that was reminded and solidified throughout this week. But, um, this company has one of the best staffs that I've ever come into contact with. Nice. And we don't get to survive unless our staff is doing what they do. And front they of the house are, is important. They're going above and beyond. They are the the mortar that holds all these bricks together. The we front line. Cannot yeah. do this without them. And they are just excelling and being amazing human beings. Nice. If uh, I have any recommendation to anybody trying to get into this, is if you find a good person who cares about the company, do what you got to do to keep them. Mm -hmm. they're, they're not a dime a dozen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Loyal and enthusiastic people don't come every day. The training that might be necessary to bring them into where they need to be can happen. But that's that, right. but that core value of, I believe in this, I believe in you. I want to be a part of it. That's right. I can teach someone how you to can't pour teach a beer, that. but yeah. I can't teach someone how to care about it. Yeah. That's exactly. right. Yeah. Hands that's, down. 
it's good advice and that goes into alignment with your with the training program that you're going to be doing that's right yeah Yeah. yes 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 big fan thank you (laughs) thank you thank you we're pushing really hard to get that started up by the end of the year (laughs) yeah okay absolutely yeah well let me know when it gets started i'll definitely give it a plug yes on here thank you so much at the end of uh you know as i'm closing it out and stuff thank you so much yeah thank you thank you well ryan thanks uh thanks for taking the time to to sit down and and do this is there anything that i missed that you want to add I, I feel like I would I would be remiss if I didn't at least mention the entirety of the team, the management team mm-hmm. that's making this happen, um, and including a few other names that uh, really got us to where we are. Um, I mean, it's it's uh, my brother Braden Flood, me Ryan Flood. We're we're brewing, taking care of the beer. Mm-hmm. Joseph Jeffrey, our business partner, is business operations manager he is key to this whole thing uh jake gobell our he's a popper inner well we call him is our brand manager (laughs) but he wears so many hats that we just needed one thing to say like you do everything Mm -hmm. like you deal with the brand which is every aspect of the company he's he's a rock star um gotta do a shout out to jackie our front of house manager she keeps the local just running like it like no problems, no anything like that. Brandon, our back house manager in the kitchen, could not be making the food we're making and doing the things we're doing without him. Gotta extend that out to the rest of the kitchen staff. They are definitely on my list to be taken care of ASAP. Um, but I guess moral of that is uh, we would not be where we are without our staff. Yeah, like They're amazing people. For sure. Yeah, I mean it's family. It's a extended family. You know, live and die by your family. Yeah. And you can step out of it, but in this case, you don't want to step out of it. You we want don't to step want into to. it. That's right. You step into it. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Well, cheers, man. Thanks cheers. for. Uh... Yes, absolutely. Yep. All right. All right. Well, thanks again to Ryan for making the time to sit down and chat. By this time, the transition from older Menace beers to newer Menace beers is complete. I really enjoyed the beers that I had, so make sure you get on down and check out how things are going for yourself. Comments, questions, requests, ideas, advice, brewing questions, your favorite color, or mine, your favorite beers right now that I should try. Ask me anything. Reach me directly at dave at taptrail.com. I want to make sure that this podcast is what you want, so don't be shy. If you enjoy Tapped In, please take a moment to rate us with all the stars on your podcast service of choice, and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next exciting episode. It really does make a big difference. I will talk to you next month. Until then, may you and your beers be happy and healthy.